Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Third Love Bras, amazing. Bomba socks, also amazing. And Quip toothbrushes, very amazing. I'll tell you guys about those later. Uh, discount codes, you know, you know the drill. But you're going to want to listen. If you want a discount code and you want to improve your life with some cool products, you'll want to listen to the ads. I try to make them as spicy as possible for you. Oh, speaking of spicy, um, the amount of garlic I just ate for my lunch before I have to go to an audition is astounding and maybe oddly self-sabotaging. I don't know. No, I think I'm just a true fat ass. Like, oh, you thought you needed a, a scampi for lunch, Rachel? You just thought you'd whip up a garlic shrimp butter with also some spices scampi for your lunch? You couldn't just have a turkey sandwich, Rach? <sighs> Brush my teeth like three times. Still feel like I got garlic and, well, you know, they're in for a real treat. If they want the real Rachel, well, they're going to get it. Um, I just got back from Denver. Uh, Kristen Doty, me, the guy I'm dating, and a f- another friend of ours, uh, well, actually two friends, decided to um, go to Red Rocks for the first time and see a concert. Holy shit. That is the coolest place I have ever seen. Okay, I will get to the concert part of it in a second, but even just walking up to that gorgeous, gorgeous venue, it's like, I've never seen anything like it, uh, is just stunning and so worth it. Yes, Kristen and I were way too dressed up. We did act like it was our debut, but granted, it was our first time at Red Rocks and we were very excited. Was I wearing five-inch heeled boots? That's my business. Yes, I was. Uh, did we both have really cute dresses on and matching moto jackets? Yes, we did, but let us live our life. We really wanted to make a good impression at our first Red Rocks. But then when I posted a photo at someone, or maybe it was on Kristen's, I can't remember, someone was like commented under it and they were like, those are the girls we make fun of. You know what? I'd make fun of me too, but I don't care. We looked cute. We got good photos. So the venue's absolutely just drop dead gorgeous, beautiful. And then we were there to see Greta Van Fleet. Uh, they are, they sound basically exactly like Led Zeppelin. They were unbelievably good. And the opener was, shoot, I just had it. Um, dang it. Sharon something in the clams. Ah, I went, I got it wrong, but also very good. Very, very good. But I mean, Greta Van Fleet, they, it's literally like they're like a 70s band reincarnated. Like they were so, so epically good. And um, we stayed at the Crawford Hotel at uh, Union Station, downtown Denver, which was so gorgeous. We had these cool loft style rooms um, that were like a converted, I guess they were probably converted lofts. Um, just, you know, an absolute bat blast, coolest hotel that is literally connected to the Union Station where I had all these cool restaurants and stuff, and I just had so much fun. I uh, really, really, really loved it. And the day before that, concert goer Rachel also saw my husband, Mark Knopfler, in concert. No, I don't actually find him attractive. He's way too old for me, but his music could absolutely break my heart. I love it so much. He's the lead singer of Dire Straits. Uh, I saw him at the Greek Theater and sobbed through one song just because it was I had never heard it before it was one of from his new album and it was just so good cried 
jumped up and down like a child many different times over other songs. Also way too dressed up. I mean, I was in costume for that one too. Full on like hippie hat, hippie dress, over the knee boots for a concert. (laughs) Tell me I'm not trying so hard. But um, yeah, he was absolutely incredible. The uh, the only downfall is he didn't play Sultan's a Swing, which is my favorite favorite song, and was the uh, on one of the dating apps I used to be on. You have like a slideshow of like photos uh, of yourself, and you get to put a, a song over it. My song was Sultan's a Swing. My God, did I just think that I did like an? I thought I was like a full on director with this thing. I was like this. The music hit at the right points of different photos that would come up on a slideshow. I would just try to show it to people randomly. Not even try to date them, just because I'm apparently a narcissist. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah, so that was really, really fun. What else is going on besides my garlic breath before an audition? Hopefully the hour drive to Santa Monica will like help it dissipate. I don't know what to do. It's, it was my mistake. I have to own it, and I have to accept that I may be asked to leave. And hopefully there will be no close talking to anyone else at this audition. We shall see. Oh, and tour dates. All right, guys. November 7th, I will be in Philadelphia at the Punchline Philly. You can get tickets um, on rachelbryancomedy.com. It'll link you to the Ticketmaster Live Nation site. And then I have two shows on November 8th in Wilmington, Delaware. There's an early show and a late show. And that is at, uh, it's an affiliate of the Punchline Philly, but it's, it's called The Queen. It's listed as like The Queen and The Crown on different things, but you guys will know what it is. So that's November 8th, two shows, Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, my Detroit show with Kristen Doty is officially booked February 19th at the Comedy Castle in Detroit. And then March 28th, I will be, I know these are kind of far out, but they're just because they're slowly getting booked. March 28th, I will be in Long Island at uh, Governor's Comedy Club. And you can find all the ticket links on my website, rachelobriancomedy.com. And yeah, I'm so excited to meet you guys, hang out, do some stand-up. And then uh, Kristen, so the one with Kristen, I'll do a stand-up up top to warm it up. And then we're going to do a live podcast. The other shows, it's just me doing stand-up uh, and with some openers. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a freaking blast. And I can't wait to hang out with you guys. They're always just really fun nights. And I love meeting everyone afterwards. And so, and also, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel so supported and loved by you guys and I love chatting with you on Instagram DM me anytime I'm at Rachel R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N I try my best to respond to everyone and um yeah it's just nice to feel like I have a a really good cool supportive community of you guys so thank you so 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 much and thank you for your really nice reviews on Apple Podcasts I uh I really it makes me feel so good um so if you could just keep leaving five stars and giving it a good rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. And I think people don't realize, like, people will leave a good review, but they hit the first star because they think they think they have to go hit one, two, three, four, five. You just hit the the fifth star on it. You don't hit, because then you, that, that reads as a one star, because I saw one recently that was, whatever. Now for my guest. You guys are going to love her. She is so cute, so adorable. Uh, I, was, I was referred to her by... Uh, Kira Breslin, she's in the podcast before. I've worked with her. She's uh, done some PR for me before. She's done, you know, does a lot of PR for a lot of people, and so she referred me to her. Uh, yeah, she's just this girl is just a twenty-five-year-old 
badass that has done so much in her life. She's a beautiful, talented actress who is on the Orange is the New Black for two seasons. It's an Emmy-nominated show, obviously, you guys know it. She um, has also appeared in a film called Return to Montauk alongside Stellan Skarsgård. How many Skarsgårds are there? Is that a whole family? I don't know. Who was in Mamma Mia, Thor, The Avengers. She's appeared in a few short films, including Something About Wonder and Thinking Inside the Box. And she's appeared in primetime shows such as Bull and A Crime to Remember. And she just wrote a short film that I watched that was incredible that you guys will probably be able to see pretty soon called Cavity. uh, About just being in an unhealthy, uh, emotionally abusive relationship. She describes kind of how that is. She also talks about the time that she met Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep touched her face and gave her amazing advice. She has an interesting upbringing. She grew up in New York and East Hampton where her parents, um, they own the famous White Sands Beach Hotel. And she also started a record label when she was 18. So she's just done a lot. She's really cool. She's inspiring. And uh, I think you guys are going to love her. So without further ado, give it up for Rebecca Knox. Rebecca, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy to be here. I, uh, I watched your movie last night. That you wrote and directed? No, I didn't direct it. You didn't direct it. I wrote it, produced it, and acted in it, and then my friend directed it. Okay. That would have been too much for my first. Yeah, I think so, too. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. And it was such an emotional story, too. Like, yeah, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, it's based on, I mean, I've had a collectively bad experience with dating. Who hasn't in L.A.? Well, (laughs) this is New York, which, I mean, same shit, different toilet, you know. Um, But uh, (laughs) I've heard that phrase before. It's one of my favorites. It's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it it was uh, inspired by, um, well, it's, you know, it's inspired by uh, some shitty relationship stuff that I've experienced, and Mm -hmm. I just drew it from my life, and yeah, it's pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah. Is it, was it specifically about one person, or you just took from different? Um, It's kind of like a collective New York City story, but I mean, it's. Yeah, there was one particular ex a few years ago that just mm-hmm. really mm, fucked with me. So. Yeah. Does he know that this is about him? No, I don't even like <laughs> it's more for me. It's like uh, it's not a revenge piece. It's yeah. just like I was inspired by things in my life that aren't really uncommon. I mean, a lot of people go through emotional abuse mm-hmm. you don't have to just be hit mm-hmm. physically to get hit, you know, in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, yeah, it was like inspired by you know a particular moment in my life but mm-hmm. it's more like a collective story mm-hmm. overall yeah yeah and I the the cool part about that film too is I feel like everyone even if they haven't been in that specific situation can relate to it like emotional abuse is I think very common yeah and there are friends that do it I mean like oh God, just, don't I know <laughs> yeah I mean same I mean even in the film like you know the second things get bad, my friends all leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, I have great friends in New York. I just added that as an element of like, it, it doesn't have to it just be a guy. It doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the, and I think what else is good about it too, is like, you do see like that guy, yes, is an asshole, but you do see an element of like, oh, he's clearly obviously struggling with addiction and yeah. like some crazy stuff. Like his own problems. Yeah. And I feel like that's important. something that, uh, is never really talked about too is like you know there's a villain but do we ever actually see like why and like kind of like find the humanity mm-hmm. in villains mm-hmm. I feel like that's so important rather than just hating on people like let's look at like take a step back and like take a look at who they are and why they are yeah my one of my favorite exercises that we did I went to screenwriting school and uh 
like the first day of class, the the professor had us all write down like the five worst things we've ever done. I think I've, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but oh I can't remember. God. So we were supposed to write down like the five worst things we've ever done. And then he said he wanted like a few people to volunteer and stand up and read them. And so like a couple people stood up and read them. And then the teacher was like, do you hate that person now? And we're like, no. And he's like, that's what makes a complex character. Like everyone has demons. Yeah. Like it's, you know, that's how you, you know, look at, you know, when you're writing something like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think that's just important. I, d I don't want to ever portray uh, character in any future projects that I do. That Like, I, I think it's important to have all aspects. You yeah, know, like absolutely. Multifaceted. Yeah. I am obsessed with my third love bras. Okay, so I, there was a shirt that I could never figure out what bra to wear it with. And I always felt like I had back fat or I just didn't, it didn't look right I could never and then I put it on with a third love bra and it was so cute and so flattering I felt thin I felt like my boobs were supported third love is just the perfect fitting bras because they use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for the perfect fit and premium feel the breast shape thing is one I didn't even think about but when you take the quiz you'll see how important it is you just answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds over 14 million women have already taken the quiz today and it's actually really fun to complete and like I said it takes less than a minute to complete but they have a promise to you guys. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it and third level wash it and donate it to a woman in need. You're not going to want to though. You're going to feel really sexy in your third love bras. Not to mention, I also love their underwear. They're super cute, super sexy. It's just the comfort and quality is hands down the most comfortable bras you'll ever own. They have straps that won't slip, tagless labels, no itching, lightweight, and super supportive. You guys got to check them out. Third Love knows there's a bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash be here now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash be here for 15% off today. T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash be here. B-E-H-E-R-E -E for 15% off today. So tell me a little bit about, you have an interesting upbringing. Did you start yeah. in entertainment young or? No, actually my parents kind of, uh, they kept me from that. They didn't really, my, my mom was the antithesis of stage mom. Like mm -hmm. she really didn't want to be that mom that was like forcing her kids to do stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did in other ways. Like I, you know, I did really well in school. Like they were very on top of me in certain ways, but like I actually came to acting on my own mm -hmm. later I mean I was 20 when I started before mm -hmm. that I was working in music and then actually from three years old to 17 I really wanted to be a professional ballet dancer and I trained six days a week oh wow for hours and I it didn't work out because my tits grew oh yeah I can't be like my that. body yeah. was not right for yeah it. totally I was a ballet dancer too so you know yeah but I was like really chubby but it was still good <laughs> it was agile and fat <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, so did you, you didn't know necessarily knew you wanted to be an actor. You just knew like you want to be in performance of some sort. Yeah. I, well, no, I mean, I actually didn't want to, yes, I guess it's like a yes and no. I used to be so scared of talking in front of like audiences, like mm -hmm. even in school, if I was raising my hand in class to ask a question and everyone looked at me, I would get bright red and forget what I had to say. Mm -hmm. Um, so dancing was like my way of expression without using my voice. Cause I had a hard time with my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I started working in music, I, I really like loved the part of like being behind talent. Yeah. And I loved like cultivating talent and like, you know, figuring out ways to sell merch. What kind of new merch can we make? Like putting tours together. 
uh, working with artists. And then, I don't know, something happened when I was 20 and I was about to like really seriously get, you know, further my career in that realm. And then I decided uh, for some reason to act and I'd never done it. So it was. Did it kind of come to you? Did someone like did. offer you a role or? No, it was my gut. It was like this weird gut moment. And my parents thought I was insane. Everyone thought I was crazy because mm -hmm. I was so into what I was doing. Yeah. I was so deep into music. So did they ne not necessarily support the acting thing that were they like, you've already been doing this path. Like, why are we changing this now? Yeah, they weren't thrilled. Yeah, but you were only 20. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I didn't uh, officially go to like university for acting. I like, yeah. started studying at different studios in New York. They would have loved for me to finish my college degree. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not off the table even now. I love school. like, But it just, you know, it wasn't the time I wanted to be studying acting in studios in New yeah. York <laughs> most people don't really use their college degree anymore right anyways. exactly I, like, I mean especially if you do get into acting it's like I have a political science degree when am I ever going to use that <laughs> no one I don't even watch the news so right. there you go <laughs> yeah um so tell me about more about how you got into the music thing so you had a record label at 18 I did how uh well because you grew up sort of near New York City or well I loved going to concerts um from like I went to my first I guess you'd it's not really a concert. I went to my first big show when I was three years old. I went mm -hmm. to the Met to see, you know, an opera. Mm -hmm. And I just was around performance so much growing up. And, I, you know, in high school, my mom would drive me and my friends to the city, you know, on a Tuesday, yeah. two hours into the city, see this, like, the rock and roll, like, punk, crazy show. My mom's sitting in the balcony, like, you know, praying <laughs> to God that we don't get hurt down there. Yeah. Because, you know, she's responsible for all these underage kids at a show. And then she'd drive us back. I mean, I had the best mom she was the yeah. cool mom like she was that taking so all my cool. friends and I to the coolest shows paying bouncers so we can get in because we were underage oh my god your mom sounds awesome I know she's a badass um I get a lot of my badassery from her um <laughs> but uh yeah I, music it kind of I've always been like one of those annoying kids in school that was like I really want an A so what do I have to do to get it mm -hmm. um so there was one show that I really wanted to go to it was Beirut this band that was really big in the indie world at the time. I don't really know what they're doing now, but I'm sure they're still around and they're yeah. still great. Uh, <laughs> they're probably listening to this, so <laughs> we'll want to clarify. Right. <laughs> or some fans, who yeah. knows? Uh, but yeah, I was outside their show and I couldn't get in and I, uh, this like, I, I started to cry because this is one of my favorite bands and this guy came up to me and he was like, so what's up? And I was like, I can't get in, it's 21 up and I didn't realize I got the ticket. I drew two hours, I mean, drove two hours and then uh, he was like, look, if you work the merch table, just shut up do your fucking job. I'll take you in. So I got my, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I sold everything. So I was like, this is my opportunity to prove that I can work for them. Yeah. And I was 16. I was in high school and I, uh, I sold everything. And I, uh, after the show was like, Hey, I want an internship. Yeah. Can you let me do that? And then he, I met the head of the record label. I met the band and then I started working a few weeks after that. That's so cool. I feel like that's such like a 70s almost famous type story. Like that doesn't seem like that happens nowadays. Yeah. I but mean, maybe I just didn't grow up anywhere in New York where like in New York where like things like that can happen. Where maybe? did you grow up? Very small town in Oregon. Oh. But like I don't picture like <laughs> that kind of thing just I don't know just sort of like evolving like that so easily. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I've always been a really pushy person. Yeah. So I don't know if it would have gone be. the other way. I would have yeah. kept emailing them and yeah, totally. <laughs> so then how did you start your own record label? You're 18 years old and you're like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm going to well, be Jimmy Iovine now. I worked in this like office, you know, I was working uh, for Bada Bing Records and I was, it was such a small group of us sitting at a table every day, like working. I, I just kind of like had an idea for, 
I, I kind of got like, or I think I thought I knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. I like was working with them and it's an indie label. So it was really small. I got like all these different tidbits of, uh, in information on how to put things together and how to mm -hmm. do it. And then I just, you know, being the ballsy bitch that I am was like, eh, I can do it. I'm 18. Fuck it. Yeah. What Check do I have to lose records. at this point? Yeah. yeah. Like whatever. I'm going to just do it. Cause it sounds fun. And that's kind of... And then of did you start signing bands? Yeah. How many did you have on uh, your label? Six, I think, total, uh, before I had to stop because I was going into acting. Mm -hmm. There was a band actually in LA that was going to be my last. Okay, so you were about ready to sign your last band in LA? Yeah. Uh, and then I just realized that it was no longer... Like, I didn't really want to put my time into doing that. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to let the band down by not giving my full attention to them and yeah. their release. So I had to do the sad thing and say hey I can't I can't do it and then I fully jumped into the acting thing yeah did you start booking right away um no I didn't mm -hmm. I, I I mean no, who does no one but, yeah. I mean some people do but I thought that's what you meant like you booked something and then no I mean I just started acting and I really like my heart was not with like the label at that time anymore I mean I love I mean now I feel like I could get back into it in some capacity but who knows um but yeah no I mean I just I was taking classes I just I, I got my first agent a month in mm -hmm. to my you know acting career yeah, which is really impressive really some crazy people are in LA for like 10 years and before they get an agent I know I know yeah um yeah some people can go like 10 years so we had to pause it we were I was having some technical difficulties with this equipment <laughs> there was I blame Zach Wickham who borrowed my equipment Zach if you listen to this podcast put batteries in it next time yeah fuck you Zach yeah <laughs> anyways so you started acting right away did you start like auditioning for like tv stuff movie stuff or was it yeah commercials? I had I had a uh, I started auditioning uh pretty quickly on beca uh, because I started uh studying with Susan Batson in New York mm -hmm. who uh took me under her wing and she kind of just shoved me out the door before I even felt like I knew how to act at all but that's I mean, probably good it was before you were like self-conscious about it you were just like mm -hmm. okay yeah I mean oh I was still self-conscious so I had my first audition for a Tyler Perry film mm -hmm. that Susan helped me get and they sent me the wrong sides like the wrong scenes to prepare and it was for like oh, the shit. role that was like in her 30s and a business boss lady and I'm you know at the time I'm 20 I look like I'm 16 yeah. I, there was a role for a teenage girl that's what I was supposed to prep yeah but I went into this audition nervous as hell and completely bombed it so did you prep the older the yeah. older role yeah when when you went in were they like oh no actually you're not in for this one yeah they were like oh that's that's a mistake but just have fun with it and I was like okay okay yeah this great. should be great I'll have fun with it I mean yeah well, totally technically, though you did have experiences like a boss woman before right you draw from your that's what Susan said to me <laughs> when we were prepping she was like maybe they just want to see you as a strong young woman. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I was nervous as hell. And I completely, I mean, it was maybe the worst. No, not the worst, but definitely up there. One of the worst. I've I was actually going to ask you, what were your best, what's your best and worst audition story? Uh, well, we I all have guess, horrible ones. Yeah, we have, ugh, I have plenty. Um, yeah, there was, I think I, I was auditioning for the show Billions uh -huh. for like, the I don't know the name of the role I don't know the name of the actress who plays the role but I know that she's gotten a lot of good feedback for what she, I mean she was cast perfectly for it mm -hmm. unfortunately I don't have the info but I remember getting called in and I just didn't fit the description and it was really difficult text and I didn't spend enough time memorizing it mm -hmm. memorize your lines it helps when mm -hmm. you just like know it so well yeah so I went in and I sat down and I could not remember for the life of me any single line and I kept looking I mean it was 
I, I puked in the bathroom after that. Um, it was just the worst. Um, Ugh, the best w- audition, I guess, was like, well, I just got a call back. Yeah, you did. I did yesterday, which might a be big a big deal one, too. A big deal one. Um, but I mean, I guess Orange, I when I booked say, that, yeah. I mean, it's because I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I walked in and I was like, all right, I'm probably not going to book it anyway, so who cares? So is that kind of your secret, you feel like? Like, like when you leave an audition and you've like taken it really seriously, do you... Uh, feel like you're more or less like like less likely to book it than when you I never think I never go into anything thinking I'm gonna book that no yeah. you can't yeah you can't like you're you're gonna get your feelings like cr- your, your heart's gonna get crushed mm-hmm. I just go in and I'm like at least I know I did it like I did a really good job yeah like I prepared as much as I could I did not leave anything on unt- like any stone unturned mm-hmm. I really like went for it so there's a difference between just not caring and not getting attached to it yeah. afterwards. I mean, I care about everything I put out there. Yeah. It's like, I want to present myself as an artist in the best way I can. And I care, but I'm not going to like, you know, be thinking about it and staying up at night if I don't get a call from my agent. Because oh, yeah, no. you probably won't get a call from yeah. your agent. You got to let it go right when you leave. Yeah. You walk I have out the left door. T- before though and been like, oh God, I probably booked that. And like, every <laughs> time it's like, Rachel, just you got to stop doing that. Yeah. That's the name of the game. I mean, I actually, I stopped caring about booking it and now I'm actually like, I've started to find the joy in actually auditioning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. You know, like, I've had actually a really, I've had a lot of auditions lately, and I've just been having fun stepping into all of these different weird shoes. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. And for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. I love that. Designed with special comfort, innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas are perfect for the whole family. Get your hands on a pair of Bombas socks and your feet will thank you. Bombas has donated over 20 million pairs and counting. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. My new favorites are their new Merino wool socks designed to be breathable, dry, and never itchy with just the right amount of thickness. With tons of different colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas also makes the perfect gift for everyone on your list. I wear them every day. I've been running a ton, and I will only go running in my Bomba socks. They're comfortable. They don't slip. They are supportive, and I am just obsessed with Bomba socks, and you guys will be too. So I have an offer for you guys. Save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash be here. That's bombas.com slash be here to save 20%. Bombas.com slash be here. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash be here. So tell me about booking uh, Orange is the New Black. I mean, that's I never watched the show. I'm really sorry, but I, okay. I know it's like a huge. I mean, it's like yeah. one of the biggest deal shows. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's it's an amazing show. Love it. I did watch it before I booked it. Um, yeah, I mean, they called me in a few times for different roles. Uh, and then uh, they called me in for this one role, uh, Tina Swope, an mm-hmm. inmate. And it's just a recurring and little description log was, you know, Tina, you know, 22 from Jersey, loves emo boys and bands, gets addicted to pills, drugs, mm-hmm. whatever. That's how she gets into, you know, prison. She's a bad girl who loves ba- boys and bands, which <laughs> oh, was me. Still love boys and bands, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like not as much of a bad girl anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just I had four auditions that day and I was really tired and I just didn't give a Holy fuck. Holy shit. Four. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in New York, it's pretty easy to go from A to B to C. Here, yeah. I don't think it's possible. 
But in New York, you know, you get on the subway, you can get from yeah, totally. lower Manhattan all the way to the uptown, like up or Upper East Side in 20 minutes mm-hmm. if you really want to hustle and yeah. jog. Did um, you feel differently when you left that audition? Like, uh, no, no, no. I was just like, okay. I mean, I literally had one line. Yeah. I went in with one line and I was like, for a week, was, yeah. Uh-huh. Orange is actually known. It like cast people based on like almost no text even I was watching like an interview with like the series regulars that have been there since season one Uh and they were like yeah it was interesting because we had such short scenes to prep yeah interesting it was odd yeah I mean maybe they just know what they want yeah and I think they go by like vibe Mm -hmm. of I I don't I I can't say what they go by you're like was I I putting off the prison vibe (laughs) I mean I feel like I give off that vibe anyway no you don't (laughs) you're like adorable and so put together oh thank you (laughs) what was it like filming that show is it was it intimidating to be on set yes yeah because you came in season six yeah they all knew each other everyone was comfortable I was scared and had no idea why they cast me Mm I was like oh because you're good yeah, well, that, okay, I mean, I'm trained, I can do it, but I was like, I, I don't feel like a girl in prison, like, I'm not tough, like, I'd never hit someone or shank someone, yeah. Ugh, I don't talk like this, I mean, it was all just, like, a big challenge, Yeah. Um, and I was also intimidated, because, like, all these people that I've been watching on my computer for so many years were, like, in, I was in that room, Yeah. with all of the camera people, and all the wires, and, like, the set, and it's just such a crazy, uh, experience to see that most Mm -hmm. people don't realize what it's actually like to be on set yeah especially if you were so you were like a fan of the show before you you watched it and then all of a sudden you're like oh I'm here now yeah and it's crazy how they put these sets together and like just being in a studio setting is I mean it's wild and I feel like once you have that experience under your belt Mm -hmm. you can really do anything yeah I mean I've learned so much being on that set I can handle myself on a set now what would be your best advice to give like an up and coming young actor from that experience? Like, uh, for being on set or like, well, both like, you know, before you book, but then also like how to handle like being in an intimidating situation like that. Just come in. I mean, I think this is the same answer for both. Just always be as prepared as you possibly can. Do Mm -hmm. not leave any stone unturned, Mm -hmm. put in more effort than you're actually required to do. If they send you a full episodic, like script, Read the entire yeah. episode. Don't just prepare your, your scene. Like, yeah. actually read it so you get more information. Like, I'm also a big fan of, like, hiring a coach. Mm-hmm. I always coach for my big auditions. Um, I always send in professional tapes. Like, I go above and beyond, and I think that's kind of, like, also get used to the word no because no is part of it. And yeah. I don't even, I mean, honestly. Getting you closer to a yes, though. Yes. Every no is just getting you closer to the yes. Statistically, yeah yeah <laughs> you know but I I mean honestly I'm kind of grateful for all the no's I've gotten mm-hmm. because I, I'm resilient and I don't give a fuck because guess what I'm not going anywhere yeah tell me no okay yeah someone likes my flavor of pie <laughs> I honestly think uh-huh. that that is like the best advice like like I had these guys uh the guys from um shoot what's the show corporate um uh, Matt and Jake Matt Ingridson, Jake Wiseman on. And their advice was like being in the entertainment industry is like the war of attrition where like it's sort of just like a numbers game. Like if you don't quit and you just say like, I'm not going anywhere, eventually you'll get something. Yeah. It's like the people that are like, okay, I'm going to give it five years and then I'm going back to Ohio. It's like, it's probably not going to, it's not going to be five years. Yeah. It's just, I think it took me five years to, well, it took like four. Yeah. It took a long time. Mm-hmm. 
it takes years. Yeah. And people don't like that. I mean, I love, you know, I have such an amazing uh, community of actors and like all, a lot of my friends from school too. And, you know, I, I always have a lot of like, you know, people asking me that I, I you know, may, may have taken a class with here or there. Like, you know, do you have any advice? Like, this is so hard. I'm scared. I don't want to start. It's like just it's never going to feel like mm -hmm. you're ready to start auditioning or it's never it's never going to feel right. You're mm -hmm. just going to have to jump off of the cliff. I mean, that's good. That applies, I think, to any type of yeah. career or even if someone just like wants to start a blog or wants to start a podcast yeah. or wants to go to an open mic and try singing or stand up or whatever. Like it's not going to get any easier. You might as well just rip the bandaid off. Like, yeah. Instead of talking about it. Exactly. It doesn't make it better just to talk about it. And at you all. have to start climbing the ladder because otherwise it's going to take longer. Yeah. And you have to know like, yeah, I expect this to be scary and disappointing. And yeah. if, but like, I feel like that kind of does take the sting away from it. If it's like the, it's not going to be a shock when you hear the word no, or it's not going to be a shock when you leave an audition embarrassed or, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of part of it. The amount of times I've left like bright red, like, Oh shit. I yeah. fucked that up so hard. Like <laughs> sometimes I leave just based on like, not even like what I did, like in the actual acting portion, but just like the weird conversation that I tried to have before after I'm like, yeah, shut your mouth, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't get your sense of humor. You sound weird. Oh yeah. The amount of times where I'm like, okay, yeah. they may never call me back. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe I scared them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the best advice you were ever given? Could be from a parent or a It was actually from coach. Meryl Streep. What the? I didn't I expect that one. I know. It's crazy. I met Meryl Streep. How? The goddess. Um, okay, so I was in a film, Return to Montauk, directed by Stellan Skarsgård. Mm -hmm. When I, like, this was, like, really early in my career. Um, I had, like, two, three lines in the movie, like, really small part, mm -hmm. but... Uh, became very good friends with the director he's Oscar winning like he's major he's really done a lot of cool stuff and he uh he was going to this screening with his wife and he was like hey Rebecca I you know I have an extra pass do you want to come and I was like hell yeah and mm -hmm. it was for a new Merrill movie um Foster F Jenkins uh what's it? I, yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah that, that one with all the names right yeah <laughs> exactly um and I was like great but I didn't Lawrence Foster Jenkins yes that's it yeah that's right um I didn't really ex I wasn't expecting to see her I thought that we were just gonna go see it at a small theater or whatever and we got there and it was like a it wasn't like the premiere but it was a screening but mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the f film ends and Hugh Grant and and Meryl Streep walk out onto the stage oh and they're gosh. like thank you so much for watching it was like 30 of us and then we all went to a restaurant and we were all like hanging out and it's a private event <laughs> and I was like really nervous I was sweating so profusely from mm -hmm. my pits it was disgusting and I told the director I was like Volker can you please introduce me please introduce me and he was like no I'm eating tacos go and I was like oh hey <laughs> it's Meryl Streep you know how weird that was yeah. to see her in the flesh I, do, I don't even know it was how, weird and yeah. I know what her hand feels like she touched my face <laughs> touched your face she touched my face so I went up to her and I was like puking the words I was like I love you so much I just you changed my life and uh she looked at me calmly serene eyes you know and I'm freaking out and she touches my cheek and she's like you're beautiful Rebecca but you have to work hard because it takes a lot more than just being beautiful so work hard and then I I took that that hand on my cheek and I took that moment as like the universe being like Rebecca you just got blessed mm -hmm. by a goddess work your fucking ass off. And from that moment, I, I just stopped all bullshit 
and I worked and worked. And then three months later, I booked my first guest star on CBS. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I feel yeah. like she just like bestowed it on she you. Like did. she like cast a little spell on you. It was crazy. That's I mean, so... I will never forget. Thank she... you, Meryl. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely listening. She's a big <laughs> fan of mine. Um, <laughs> what does she does she like seem like a normal person to be around at all? Yeah. Like does she like she seems interact like... with people normally or she was very sweet and like kind of just she was very open, mm-hmm. um, receptive. I mean, but people don't treat her normally. Yeah. That's the thing. Like people acted as idiotic as I did, which was It doesn't you know, sound like you sound like you handled it pretty well. Well, yeah, I could hardly speak and I was bright red. I hate that that still happens to me even now. I can't handle my shit. I think there's just certain people, though. Like, I would be the same way in front of Meryl Streep. Yeah, if someone I mean, introduced me to Stevie Nicks, I probably would just pass out. Like, exactly. I wouldn't. What, what would I? I wouldn't like, know what to say. Exactly. Like, like there's I just want certain people like where it's like, yeah, do, you, do you want, do you think I'm cool? <laughs> <laughs> Please like me. Please like me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's just one of those people. Like, you can't look past it. No. There's no way it's to. It's Meryl fucking Streep. I wonder how uncomfortable that would feel to have that effect on people like to be Meryl Streep to bestow your blessings yeah. I mean I mean I'm sure you've had like fans and stuff that are uh, like in Orange New Black and other projects of yours like how do you handle when people are like like starstruck by you oh I mean I think it's weird it's like I'm not that yet you know it's it's cool it's weird it always like shocks me I'm like oh wow you want a picture that's cool yeah (laughs) sure do you want me to like let's hang out we can be friends oh my god that's how I so like that (laughs) but after my comedy shows like the people that are fans and then come I'm like sure let's grab a drink yeah Yeah, but I think that's like honestly yeah usually only when it's girls though I feel like yeah I agree with that yeah totally Mm -hmm. um so what is your favorite project that you've worked on so far uh well uh definitely my film that I you know wrote and everything and obviously orange Mm -hmm. and I'm actually working on a really cool project right now I don't think I can say everything yet because it's not all written down or Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean I'm just gonna keep it to myself but I'm gonna be directing my first project um at the end of the year and I am we're gonna be shooting it in 16 millimeter film so it's gonna have a very like old school look um very vintage uh I'm very excited about that's gonna that be really cool because I've never directed before and I'm ready to step into my you know directorial yeah shoes how do you prepare for a director role uh well I've asked I mean I've literally just since I've gotten the job I've been talking to all of my friends that do that mm-hmm. I've been calling in my major producer friends who have experience with this kind of stuff um like you know just kind of like acquiring as much info as I can to mm-hmm. figure out how to do this in the best way possible and again leave no stone unturned yeah because I don't want to fuck it up like I take it very seriously every Mm -hmm. single job no matter how big or small or what my pay is I want to do good work yeah so yeah I've just been hounding all my friends and having endless lunches and Mm -hmm. taking notes literally I bring a notebook with me and just I did that today right before this I met with a producer who is uh you know he really knows how to do this stuff Mm -hmm. and he gave me a lot of really good feedback so yeah I think that that is what is uh, separates you from a lot of other actresses and people that want to be in entertainment is like you're not afraid of really hard work and yeah. like you know just putting in the time and stuff like I think I think a lot of people talk about wanting to work hard but like they don't actually do it oh yeah I mean I see it a lot and then you know I, I sometimes I get annoyed some messages I get from people I might have met in New York at a class or something and they're like how did you do it like how'd you get your agent and I'm like well I auditioned and they're like how'd you get orange I'm like well I auditioned and mm-hmm. they're like how I'm like yeah, I, 
I just did the work. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like people think that someone handed it to me or something. I'm yeah. like, no, I actually, I, I worked my fucking ass off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's all. It Do takes. they think that because you are, you're from like near New York and like they think you have connections or something? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I get the questions, but it's really just, it's, you know, I've gotten more no's than I've gotten yeses and people mm-hmm. only ever see the yes. Yeah. Well, that's And I'm fine. always, yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. So you guys know how I started <laughs> off the podcast talking about how I stupidly ate garlic right before an audition. Well, I wasn't able to get it to go away with my stupid travel toothbrush that I just used. And by the way, I should have been using my Quip toothbrush when I was traveling, but I just forgot. But I just brushed my teeth with my Quip toothbrush. No more garlic breath. Now I'm booking this audition. Quip is the best toothbrush I've ever owned. I feel like it's like I'm giving a little gift to myself every single time I use it. Quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30 second pulses ensuring an even clean. Because most of us are probably not brushing for the recommended two minutes. You need the reminder. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean, new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. I normally bring it with me everywhere. I just forget. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life. And honestly, having good Dental hygiene is one of the most important things you can do for your health. So help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. And I have an offer for you guys. Quip starts at just $25 and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash be here. This is a simple way to support our show and start brushing better. But you have to go to getquip.com slash be here to get your first refill free. Okay, go right now to getquip.com slash be here. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash be here. You grew up, your parents owned a hotel, correct? Yeah, they own a little motel uh, in on Long Island. How cool. Did you grow up in the... Yeah, I was conceived there. Really? My parents love to tell people that. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. So you like... Was it like one? So you guys like lived in the hotel, ran mm-hmm. the hotel? Yeah, my family still all is there, runs it. You know, it's a family, you know, mom and pop. I feel like you guys have a reality show about that. Probably my mom is a is a crazy, you know, spicy Colombian woman and my mm-hmm. dad's a very, you know, methodical, serious German man. Mm-hmm. You know, we have two different very different accents going on and very different, you know, uh disciplinary, you know, they're very just different. But they work but they somehow. love each other. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely weird. People always think this is so funny and so weird. My mom calls me her biggest orgasm. <laughs> That's how she introduces me at parties. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom sounds hilarious. She is hilarious. It could be a reality show. But yeah, it's, it's all, it's very mom and pop. Like my parents are both immigrants mm-hmm. and they started it, you know, this was before, they bought it in the 80s mm-hmm. um, and it was run down really shitty. And it's, I mean, it's not a very big space, but they really, you know, they just, you know, made it. It sounds nice. really fun. It's not like a fancy, you know, Hamptons spot. It's very like low key families. Yeah. It's not crazy expensive like it's not a Hamptons like blah 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 yeah uh but yeah no my my family you know they all help each other work together my family from Columbia a lot of them have moved to mm-hmm. Long Island as well that's so cool yeah uh what's one of the craziest stories of like a guest that stayed there that you remember oh yeah well it was actually all over the news um oh. Jay Leno said I like spoke about it on his show when he had at the time because it was so funny there was like a big bishop 
like in the Catholic Church mm-hmm. from New York who was in his 80s at the time and was sleeping with his 30-something-year-old assistant. And he oh, wow. was renting a room at our hotel, room 21. Um, and they were getting, they were going there and, you know, conducting their affair there. And the boyfriend of this woman was suspecting that she was having an affair with someone, didn't realize it was the 80-year-old bishop, uh, priest, whatever. Oh, wow. And so he got a private investigator found it out and then uh, you know i think contacted the news so there was one point when this was all going down that there were like news helicopters flying overhead Mm -hmm. over our motel a lot um yeah and it was like this like you know one week wonder like 15 minutes of fame for this like story (laughs) it's so crazy yeah wow did you ever get to hang out with the guests like did you ever like have yeah, I mean, I grew up with like, you know, there are a lot of people that I have known since I was a kid because they would come with their families and I would just play mm-hmm. in the sand with them. And it's such an interesting way to grow up. I just yeah, think a lot of people, a lot yeah. of people coming and going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And just even coming from parents with such different backgrounds, too. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize they were both like actual immigrants. Like, yeah, they're both uh, full immigrants. My mom moved here when she was 17, well, mm-hmm. to New York, and my dad moved to New York when he was 18. Mm hmm. And they left behind, you know, their their families and they did a pretty good job. I mean, they raised my brother and I in a beautiful environment and they're very supportive. Yeah. They haven't always been with my crazy antics. But yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's hard for parents to be like, oh, my daughter's just going to just be be an actor in a big city. And yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by what? Like, like getting well, when in trouble? I was, yeah, I mean, I didn't get in trouble with the law, but you know, I was, when I was running my record label, I was managing, you know, mostly men that were 10 years or so older than I was yeah. and they were all crazy and punk and rock and roll and tattooed, you know, chain smoker. Yeah. They just weren't scary thrilled. For they yeah. were like, what? Yeah. She's 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 done that's it our daughter is forever gone <laughs> but at least you had like a healthy like relationship that you got to see like with your parents like growing up you know like how to you know find someone nice and normal <laughs> um okay so besides the music video uh, what's next for you and this project that you may have gotten i know maybe i'm your meryl streep good luck charm I, oh, you were at my house my happened. i know i was sitting on this couch and i got the news <laughs> yeah. um What's next? Well, I am currently uh, developing my short film into a feature. Mm-hmm. I am uh, figuring out, you know, I'm in the very early s- stages of like writing the feature length script. I would love to make it. I'm going to continue to work at it so I can make it. Mm-hmm. There are a few people that are perhaps interested. Who knows? But I'm still going to be pushing for that. And I also just want to keep writing and I want to keep making my own content because it's just so much more fulfilling than waiting for someone to tell me that I can have a job when I'd rather 100%. just create my own. Yeah, totally agree. No, I mean, it's great when they, you know, other people want to hire me, but I'd rather just, what do you do in the meantime then? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that means, and it feels good to have the control over it and to be like, you know, mm-hmm. I wrote this, I'm saying the words, I'm acting out the words that I wrote and exactly yeah. yeah well it sounds like you have a really exciting career ahead of you and oh, it was really you. fun talking yeah, to you yeah it was so fun talking to you sorry too. about all my technical glitches with the oh my god it happens i don't get technology listen oh. i try to be as professional as possible that was embarrassing <laughs> i was like pulling batteries out of my freaking remote trying to get it to work oh it was great yeah. i mean worked out at the end it's so. perfect it's perfect uh we'll tell everyone where they can find you on social media yeah at the rebecca knox and that's for twitter which i'm very bad at and Instagram which I'm 
not as bad at. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> do you, um, is there, can anyone see your film now yet? Or is it? Okay? Uh, well, no, but if you like follow me on Instagram, I'm always posting about festivals that it's going to be playing at. And it's going to be playing at a festival in New York soon. It's going to be in Romania for That's any crazy. Romanian friends out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be playing all around. Okay. I, I have faith that it's going to get into more festivals. It was really good. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, yeah, like, w- like watching it very intently in the airport. Oh, yeah. awesome. As someone was looking over my shoulder, probably like, what is this girl watching? I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it was really good. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank All you. right. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.